Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 32. Wait for it. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, let's give it up to the man who once broke his arm trying to impress a girl, Pat Flynn. It's totally true and it wasn't pretty and uh, it was a first grade, so what can I do? Hey, what's up? This is Pat Flynn and welcome to the 32nd session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Wherever you are, at home, in your car, at the gym, flying through the air, wherever, thank you for listening in. Uh, The podcast just surpassed 1 million downloads, 1 million downloads, which is just incredible. And so I just wanted to take a moment really quick just to thank you for that, all your time and all your support. Over 300 five-star reviews in iTunes, emails every day from people. I love it. I just, I love it. So thank you so much. So, 30-second session. I know it's been a while since I've had a guest on here. Uh, I've enjoyed doing the kind of solo shows for you, but today I'm excited to bring back a guest who is with us in session number 10. And at that time, he shared that he pushed over a million dollars in sales in 2010 from Amazon.com as an affiliate, cashing in about $60,000 in commissions from his sites. And since then, he's actually been heavily involved in a new strategy for building wealth online, which we're going to talk all about today, something that I'm actually really interested in and excited about. And that strategy is buying websites. You know, not really buying them and then flipping them right away. This is more of a find money generating site, fix it up, and then collect passive income and hold it for a long time type of thing. And these are websites that are already established that people are selling for whatever reason. I mean, it could be a number of things. And we'll get into that. You know, we'll get into how to determine the right price, how to make sure you don't get scammed, what the process is like as far as domain and host transfer, uh, successful buys, not so successful buys. And along the way, you know, you'll hear me. I'm going to try and pick this person's brain uh, because I really want to make sure I understand more about this strategy because just so you know, 
I'll actually be buying websites myself and sharing the results of a few of those buys publicly on the blog very, very soon. So look out for that. So without any further delay, let's hang out with Chris Guthrie from MakeMoneyOnTheInternet.com today. Chris, dude, what's up? It's glad I, We're really glad to have you back. How are things treating you? Uh, great. You know, I'm really excited about 2012. have a new strategy for how I'm going to be hitting my business goals and just trying to accomplish uh, good things and have a good year. Yeah, Matt, we'll talk more about that later. But 2011, I mean, last time we had you on the show, it was uh, session number 10. And we talked about how you just crushed it with Amazon affiliate sales through your, through your niche sites. And you actually pulled in over a million dollars in sales in 2010. So I guess the first question is, before we start getting into the main uh, core of this particular session, is you know now that it's t- 2012, how did 2011 pan out for you? Yeah, actually, um, I ended up selling my top-earning Amazon site in a deal worth six figures. So that was oh, actually wow. right before the end of 2010, uh, and it was literally right before the Black Friday week because when the deal closed and I got the bank wire and all that. Congrats, and I used some. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome, and I'm and I've kind of been using that money to help fund other aspects of my business. But um, it was an interesting experience because I used some investment bankers um, to help sell the site because um, you know we'll talk about this more later. But they have different types of expertise that help them out to be able to get higher end clientele to sell websites at a higher level than um, other types. So. Mm-hmm. In general, so last year, you know, I was averaging a few thousand dollars per month um, from Amazon while using more of my money buying websites, investing in other stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Is we're going to be talking about buying websites and probably a little bit about selling them too, because I know I've noticed lately that this is what you're into now. This is what you're talking about on your blog, and like you said, it's a new strategy that that you're kind of uh, you know exploring for generating income. And it, this is really really interesting to me. Uh, so I'm going to pick your brain. Uh, you know, for myself and for everyone else out there listening. So maybe we could figure out how to do this, right? Kind of how Chris Guthrie does it so we can potentially do it as well. So, I mean, of course, you'd have to have a little bit of money to put down before you can, you know, uh, buy a website. But I think the nice thing about it, just, just, you know, first initial thoughts about buying an existing website that's already making money is that you're basically fast forwarding past the whole setup process, the whole you know, getting to the top of Google, the whole monetization and trying to figure that out. You're basically not starting from scratch anymore, but you can just, with a little bit of money down, you can, bam, already have a website up and running, right? Yeah, I mean, I still do new sites, um, but I also kind of like the idea of buying an existing site because, you know, as you said, um, and this is what I'll be advocating, you know, when we kind of get into more specifics, um, when I'm buying a site, you know, you're buying something that's already making money and getting traffic, and your goal here really is to, improve the money and traffic that that site's making. So rather than, you know, buying a new site and then dealing with Google indexing it and ranking the content, et cetera, over the period of, you know, a few months or so, mm-hmm. and then even longer to get even more trust with Google, et cetera, you're just being able to take advantage of someone doing that work for you ahead of time. Right, right. And I was actually talking about this uh, yesterday with someone who, who, I, who I speak with kind of on a weekly basis. It's kind of like my financial mentor. We were talking about buying websites, and it's just fascinating because there is really no other way. If you at least know how to develop websites and, and take them and monetize them, uh, there's really no better investment strategy when you think about it. I mean, s- stocks or real estate. I mean, it, it's basically real estate, but you can get your money back really fast. 
you know, the, depending on, on your strategies and, and how you work the site. And then, you know, once you've, you know, made up your cost, that site's basically up there and it's, it's just like having a, uh, you know, a dividend stock and you're just collecting dividends every month. That's just a, an incredibly p- powerful, uh, very attractive uh, model to me, it seems. So it, it appears that you kind of feel the same way, which is why, not, why kind of you're investing uh, some money now to, to, to buy some new websites. And you're, yeah, not, def- and you're not flipping them, right? Are you like buying them and then like, you know, a week later you, you add some stuff to it and then, and then turn around and sell them again? Or are you actually like holding on to these? Yeah, no, I am more interested in buying websites to grow my monthly website income. So I'm mm, just basically okay. trying to add, you know, each time I buy a site, add, you know, a few hundred to a few thousand dollars a month, depending on the size of the site, to my website income so I can just grow that income itself. Right. Um, because... I know that some people kind of advocate the flipping of sites, you know, getting them fixed. Um, but a lot of times what actually helps a site sell for more is, you know, longer income history. And so if you buy a site, make these improvements, and in the next month it's made more money, when you go and try and sell it, the buyer is going to be like, well, we see, yeah, last month it made more money, but what the previous months it wasn't. And mm-hmm. trying to explain to them that, you know, well, I bought the site, I improved these things, it will make more money in the future, is more of a tough sell than actually being able to point back to the past and say, look, for the past six months, the past year or two years, this site's been making this much, here's the growth, et cetera. And so for me, that's kind of why I do that. And and I'm not an accountant, so I'd suggest that you talk to your accountant as well, but there's also some capital gains tax implications if you're going to be selling a site Mm -hmm. um, sooner than a one-year time period. Okay, okay, interesting. So so let me ask you, can you walk through your process from start to finish as far as how you find a website, how you select a, a website to buy, maybe your criteria, uh, where to go to find it, uh, and then what you do to improve the site and, and make sure that you're making a wise investment. Yeah, so I'll kind of talk about this on a few different segments here. So the first thing that I really do is trying to determine if the website's actually any good, right? Most of the sites that are for sale, whether on a marketplace or your author is trying to find them and to see if you can try and buy them off someone that's not actively marketing them for sale. Um, they're not that good, right? I mean, some of the sites that you see on Flippa that are selling for $197 by now are, you know, weight loss tactics hyphen awesome stuff dot info. <laughs> and it's just, you know, terrible websites. Um, so when you're when I'm talking about determining whether a website's good, it's looking at traffic stats from external sources like compete.com or semrush.com. You know, then I'm looking at the link quality to help understand, you know, how stable the rankings might be. And I'm using a source like bleko.com, that's uh, B-L-E-K-K-O.com, mm-hmm. and Open Site Explorer, um, now that Yahoo Site Explorer isn't around anymore. Right. And, and, and I'll, I'll have all these links in the show notes as well, smartpassiveincome.com slash session32. But really quick, you, you mentioned a couple sites beforehand, uh, flippa.com, F-L-I-P-P-A.com. That's a marketplace where people actually put their sites up for sale, right? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I'll, and I'll kind of talk to you about how to find websites to buy as well. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure we didn't skip over that. Okay, so yeah, keep, yeah. keep going, keep going. Yeah, and so I mean, you know, I'm using, when I'm using those sources like Bleco and OpenSite Explorer, you know, I'm looking to see how have they built their links to this site and or are they just naturally obtained? And you can kind of tell if they're naturally obtained by um, just which websites are pointing at them. If it's, you know, if they're obtained artificially through software or article marketing or web 2.0 profile linkings, all that type of stuff. Anything that can be done with software 
generally speaking, are considered lower quality links. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that you can't actually make money with those sites um, over a long period of time, because right. you can, and that's what I still do with some of my smaller sites as well. Um, but it's always something to be aware of, too, when you're looking at a site that gets a majority of its traffic from Google, and you see all of its links, links coming from you know, uh, sources that are more easy to obtain them just by using software or whatever, then you're going to be more potentially exposed to some risk that the site might be de-indexed or lose rankings or traffic and then subsequently income. Okay, so to check the links and the power of the links and the quality of the links, you said bleco.com and OpenSite Explorer. And to just to clarify a little bit, when you go to those sites, what are you looking for? Like page rank of the links pointing to that site or you know, what, what criteria there? Yeah, so I'm, I'll look at that. I'll look at the page rank of the sites that are linking, but then I'll also go to where the actual links are located. So if you're on those sites, um, Bleco is actually one that I use more often than OpenSite Explorer, and these are both free sources. So there's actually paid sources that you could do that, that provide more data. Um, but rather than talking about those, these are free ones that I've used as well. Cool. Um, Bleco, you, know, you can go and you can see where the links are coming from. So then you can go to that article or, or wherever that link is and see if it's you know some random blog with a bunch of different content about all these different niches pointing back um, to this other site, you know, if it's an article marketing type thing. Mm-hmm. Or you can see if it's, you know, some type of a news source and you're mentioned in the press or, you know, something like that, I'm using an extreme example to illustrate high quality. But um, yeah, basically I'm looking to see the quality and quantity of the links and just making sure I understand that Links coming from sources that are more easy to obtain them are going to be considered lower quality than sources that are more difficult to obtain them in the eyes of Google. Okay, so we have the traffic stats. Obviously, we want to know kind of how much traffic a site's getting uh, yeah. and, and how consistent has, it has been. Uh, we have the link quality coming from the backlinks pointing to that site that we're looking at. So what else? The other thing, too, is I'll just look at the content itself. So mm-hmm. you can just, if you're looking at a site, say it's on a flip a marketplace, um, go to the site and actually read, you know, get deep into the content. Don't just read the content on the homepage. Look at all the other articles on the site and see if it looks like it's written by someone that um, is knowledgeable about the topic or has correct grammar and knows knows about it, right? Uh, or if it's if it's easily, you can easily tell it's been outsourced and not outsourced well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with outsourcing. There's nothing wrong with hiring someone to help out with your content writing. But um, again, that's just something that kind of helps with determining whether or not this site is going to continue to hold its rankings. And that's really what this whole process is about is, you know, what does the traffic stats look like from third-party sources? And then once you get to a discussion where you're potentially trying to buy the site, you might have access to their Google Analytics data. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see, you know, definitively what's going on. But then you're also looking at their link quality and their content quality because you want to say, if I buy this site, is there a chance that Google will do a new update they have Panda now, and they might call it, you know, who knows, Snow Leopard or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll use Snow Leopard. Apple already that's, picked that one. That's true. I'm a Windows user still, so. <laughs> Koala, I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Honey know, Badger. It, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, are they going to come out with some type of a new algorithm update that can just totally tank your site? And looking at those, you know, kind of three major factors or things that I do just to kind of make sure that there's a lot better chance. You can't guarantee for for sure that 
a site's going to continue to make um, its money or get its traffic because that always fluctuates online. So it's all about mitigating the risk. Okay. Okay, great. So, so we talked about traffic, link quality, and actual content on the site. How about income? Are you looking at, I mean, that's, I mean, you are looking at how much money that site's currently making, right? Definitely. I mean, I guess in this stage, you know, if I'm just looking for a site to buy, um, you might not have access to that. If it's on Flippa, then yeah, they're going to be sharing that type of data or they'll say there's no income. But yeah, I always look at um, where the site's making its money from. So it can be whether it's AdSense, Amazon, other types of affiliate networks. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to consider too is, you know, if it's from other affiliate networks, sometimes it's difficult to actually transition that stuff. Um, like Linkshare, for example, if you were trying to buy a site and made most of its money from a Linkshare, which is an affiliate network, um, say from an advertiser in there, you can actually contact Linkshare and ask them to transition the site ID that the other, the previous owner has into your account. So you'd have to go through and manually recreate every single affiliate link right. um, that that site had. So you, you may not necessarily be approved for those either. Exactly. So you're going to have to go through, make sure you get approval, and then go recreate them all the time. Um, and then if it's Google Affiliate Network, you know, sometimes with Linkshare, if it's just one site on there, they might be able to give you the account. Mm-hmm. But if it's Google Affiliate Network, normally no one is ever going to give you a Google account because it's tied to so many other Google products that they're using, probably right. like AdSense. And so with affiliate, the Google Affiliate Network, you know, you have to recreate the links if they're created manually using, um, you know, linking to a certain type of product on an advertiser's page. Sometimes you can do that through Google Affiliate Network manually. Mm-hmm. So anyways, those are things to think about when you're looking at the income stats just in terms of dealing with the transition process later. But um, yeah, so I'll look at the, in- the income and, and importantly, uh, most importantly rather, look to see how long the site has been making money. Um, so when I'm, I have a few different sources where people will contact me to try and sell their site. And generally speaking, I don't get any very many sites that are worth buying from that, those types of sources. But uh, I'll have people that will say, hey, I have this site that's making $4,000 per month and I want, it, I want to sell it for $20,000. And that sounds on the surface good because that would be you know, 4000 4, divided by, that'd be you know, five months to be able to pay off mm-hmm. the cost of that site. But then you look at the income history and you see in the previous month it was only $1,000 and then the previous month it was 500 and so on. And so obviously you're looking at a picture here that the site hasn't been making money for a long enough time period to really feel confident that it's con- con- going to continue to make that money moving forward. Right. So stability and income. Yeah. Okay. So it's everything is everything that I'm talking about is all about just making sure you don't buy a site and have it completely tank right, <laughs> after right. you buy it. <laughs> Dude, and, and the research is the research is is very important. And we'll get into pricing and all that stuff later. So don't worry if we, if you feel like we're skipping over that part. I mean, I have a lot of questions for Chris and I hope I can take uh, a lot of his time today to <laughs> to, to have him answer them all. So again, Chris, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you being on here um, because I this is this is definitely something I'm going to be exploring. So you know, as far as okay, so so we have had a check to see if a website's good if it's not going to tank and just to kind of reassure ourselves that the investment would possibly be good. How do we find the web? Where where exactly can we get these websites? Yeah, so there's a variety of sources, and so there's Flippa.com, which is one that we mentioned before, and it's the largest marketplace, and I'd say probably the most well-known marketplace for buying and selling websites online. So uh, I like Flippa. Uh, Also, website brokers, there are different types of email lists that you can get on for all these different types of brokerage houses that um, 
you can hop onto their email list and then they're selling higher end properties, typically mid to high five figures, well on up, even up into the mid to high six figures and maybe even a seven figure type site. So those those wow. are when you're dealing with people that are, you know, high end brokers, they have contacts with people at 